The Spanish Announce Table. You have found Pro Wrestling's best podcast. Uh, is it Pro Wrestling's longest podcast? Tom? Is there a Pro Wrestling podcast in existence that has been doing it longer than us? Steve Austin, I think, might have been doing it a little bit longer than us. No, he stopped like seven years ago. Oh, well, I mean, we also stopped sometimes, right? You know what I mean? Oh, so, so you mean wanna... like the first, well, then the first one would be uh, Colt Cabana. Yeah, is he still doing his thing too? Is he still up and doing the Colt Cabana podcast or did he get sued out of existence on that one? I don't. Out of, you know, um, the fucking forgotten second coming you know, of Jesus. <laughs> you know what pro wrestling podcast I listen to? This one. And that's it. I don't listen to any others. Because this is the best one. It is pro wrestling's best podcast. I thought we covered that. As Jeffrey Sills in the chat here says, oh, snap, it's them boys. Said, uh, we are uh, the best tag team since Shake and Bake. Which, you know, I'll, yeah, I'll agree with that. They're not friends anymore. Did you know that? Mm, in real life? Not. For real? Yeah, for real. That's sad. Well, it's over the new the side note. Who cares? We can talk about it a little bit. Huh. They uh, so you know that winning time, the uh, HBO series about the Lakers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so John Z. Riley and the per, the people that are producing it were like, all right, well then let's uh you know get some people to do this. And the person that's doing Doctor Jerry Bus, Will Ferrell wanted to do, but they chose John C. Riley instead. And there was the uh, professional jealousy split in the road. See, we've outlasted that, Tom. Mm -hmm. Ten years oh, yeah. here almost of the Spanish announce table, pro wrestling's best podcast. The reason I want to bring up that ten years almost is because we encourage you to send us something in celebration of us. Ten years of us. Isn't that great? We should get a shirt of that. Ten years of us. Tell us why you love us, right? Or just some fun memories maybe that we might have forgotten about from longtime listeners or new listeners. What excites you about the Table Nation in Spanish now? New time you, listeners. You can send us an MP3. You can send us an MP4. Uh, you got to keep it somewhat small, right? I got some download limits here and shit. Uh, Two-tableshow at gmail.com. You can send us an email. You can send us a tweet. You can use hashtag tweet the table, and we will read those live. We just want to hear from the Table Nation about 10 years of the Spanish announced table coming up here gosh maybe three or four weeks so start thinking start thinking we'll give you, you more critical deadlines as we go but tom we got some pro wrestling to talk about we've got aew dynamite our favorite show in television let alone pro wrestling correct then mm -hmm. we've got we're going to talk about aew forbidden door the not forbidden door we will talk the about that hole. the glory hole and we will talk about AEW Fight Forever, the video game. Excited mm -hmm. to talk about that. Mm -hmm. And of course, as we do each week, we're going to take a trip back in time on the Spanish announced time machine and see what happens in pro wrestling history. This is a fun week, Tom, because it's going to be very America themed. You know what I mean? We're hey. going to be talking. Yeah. By the way, we got 4th of July coming up. I got my 4th of July shirt here. The only founding father I recognize. That's obviously Sting. Fuck those other guys. Uh, right here, though. America. Sting. That's that's what, that's as American as you get right there. Speaking Sting, of shirts. Surfer Sting. Right there. That's buddy. great. You can go buy that shirt. I don't know where you got that one. If you got that one. Pro Wrestling Tees. No, I got a shop, mm. shop AW.com. Which is Pro Wrestling Tees. Same thing. 
So now that you said Pro Wrestling Tees, that lets me say we have a T-shirt available on Pro Wrestling Tees slash Spanish announce table, right? It's pretty easy to find, or you just Mm -hmm. search Spanish announce table there. It's our show logo that you see right here if you're watching the live stream on YouTube. And uh, it's 20 bucks, right, Tom? Or give or take, depending on if you want a few customizations here and there. Mm -hmm. Uh, You Mm -hmm. buy it, you get it pretty quick. And as my boss can confirm, if you wear the shirt, people are going to ask you about it. You're going to make friends because people Mm -hmm. are going to say, what is that? Some people are going to say, what are you wearing? And some people are going to say, what are you Mm -hmm. wearing? But either way, you're going to have a conversation. It's the best way. If you're an extrovert, but you don't know how to take the first step, wear our shirt. It gets people to come to you, and then you can be yourself. True. It's and, the best thing and it might be people that are more likely also to be more extrovert-ish also, mm-hmm. right? They understand mm-hmm. the geek culture because they're pro wrestling fans. Or they might have some interest. Or they might just be Hispanic and kind of want to make sure that you're not talking shit, right? Uh, <laughs> you might just We're have the to kind of, table. We're kind of, the right, table. Right, yeah, you're like, no, it's the table, right? Yeah. I don't know how many times. <laughs> it's the table. <laughs> that's the thing hold on let's just go a quick side note since we're coming up on 11 years is it didn't matter the language uh of the commentators next to the american broadcasting table it's that table that everyone went through it could have been german it could have been spanish it could have been uh dutch it could have been yeah by the way by the way we didn't tell them to keep doing it through the spanish announce table like we didn't do that. Yeah, we just took it. Right. Yeah, we just kept we took getting, what they did. We just yeah, kept, we just took what they did. We just kept taking a pounding like champs, like we do. Mm-hmm. Ten years running. I might we might change that slogan up a little bit. Anyway, Tom, let's hop back in the Spanish announce. Oh, we got some chats. Yeah, Jeffrey Todd said my Spanish announce table T shirt is the uh, is the favorite shirt I have. There you go. Yes. Look at that endorsement. Yes, That's great. See, you know we're really big with Jeff's. Love Jeff. Have you noticed that we got we except got Jeffrey Todd? What except for one? There's one Jeff. Well, that's because is he the worst Jeff? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a well, Dahmer involved, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got to think about that, right? <laughs> oh my god, my fucking cookie dough brain thought the only one ones I was thinking of was wrestling. I was like, well, Hardy, and then I was yeah. like. He went Dahmer. Dahmer. There's a Dahmer, right? Uh, definitely the worst Jeff in wrestling, right? I mean, like, we don't have to, like, I didn't think that was in question. <laughs> I was yeah. talking about Jeffs, right? I was, like, talking about, <laughs> I was talking about the Jeff universe here. Um, and Jeffrey Todd says, wow, congratulations on 11 great years. I want to remind you, Tom can't count. It will be 10 years, but Tom will say it's 12, 15, 8, 9 throughout the remainder of this show. And I might, too, right? I am drinking a little bit. Um, hey, time is a construct. We don't know what it is. Could be thirteen years. Yeah, I mean, are we? We're talking about what the Gregorian lunar, ca- whatever. Fuck it. All right, <laughs> Timoteo and Tomas. Jeffrey Sill says, "I think that was my Spanish name. Spanish name in Spanish class in elementary school. Right? We're talking real America, white suburbs here. Right? Spanish class with just your regular teacher, regular white teacher." It's mm-hmm. like, what's your name, Tim? You're Timoteo now. Like, no, I'm not. I'm still Tim. If I go to Mexico and start living there, my name isn't suddenly <laughs> Timoteo, right? Like, that's not Man, how that works. Some, yeah, I just did a quick <laughs> search of famous Jeffs. There's some pretty shitty ones. So you got Jeffrey Dahmer. 
Yeah. You got Jeff Foxworthy. Mm. You got Jeff Bezos. Mm. You got Jeff Goldblum. You got yeah, Jeff Gordon. In the in the worst Jeffs. Worst being one, you know, not Jeff the worst Dunham. being ten. Is Bezos mm. ranking worse than Jarrett? Ooh, that's a good mm. conversation. Because at close. least with because at least with <laughs> Jeff Bezos, personally, I get things fast. I order them and I get them fast. Yeah, when right? I want I it and I order it, I get it. And if it was wrong, I can send it back and they'll give me money yeah. right away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can even Jeff go Bezos to Kohl's and be like, send yeah. this back to Amazon. And they'll be like, all right. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Jarrett doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. So maybe. All right. Anyhow, so let's do it on this. Jeff day. Jarrett yeah, doesn't answer what... an email. I can tell you that much. You sent him an email? Oh, my God. I would have quit the fucking show if you would have Jeff Jarrett on this goddamn That was show. intended to be a shocking surprise for Tom, right? I, I wanted to see your face, <laughs> and, it, and lo and behold, I should have known Jeff Jarrett is not going to answer this call. <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. That is funny. Oh, God. All right, let's do On This Day. Yes, all right. Again, it's a patriotic week coming up here, July 3rd through the 7th, as we look back in time and see what happened in pro wrestling history. So, Tom, are you ready for this? Pumped? Yeah, let's do it. Got mm-hmm. your uh, got your uh, star-spangled goggles on. Got my your, star-spangled shirt on. Your you know room temperature, watered-down beer, mm. hot dog in hand. Mm-hmm. barbecue flavored potato chips on mm. the paper plate with it. Sure. Yeah, you ready? All right. You ready? Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Yay, America. July 3rd, 2001. WWF Smackdown, with the exclamation point, was held in Tacoma, Washington. Bubba Ray and Devon Dudley defeated Chris Jericho and Spike Dudley. Jacqueline defeated Crash Holly. Scotty Too Hotty, in the most believable of outcomes, defeated Dean Malenko. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And which title changed hands this night, Tom, making it the first WCW title to change hands on WWF television? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is a good one coming out the gate. I was like, yeah, this isn't an easy, like, which guy? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take a take a stab at it. I do not know, so I'm just going to take a stab at it. I am going to say the United States title. Mm. It was the WCW Cruiserweight Championship when Billy Kidman defeated Gregory Helms. God damn it. Billy mm-hmm. Kidman got me again. That Billy Kidman always... <laughs> Yeah, always in Tom's way. Always getting one over on me, god damn it. You just watch back his like his botch on thing just on repeat, like on a gif. Mm -hmm. Just when you need to pick me up. And then when him and Hogan feuded when they were doing the billionaire club versus the new blood and uh, one of the chair shots before he hit another person, but Hogan's chair shot on him. I watched that a lot too. Yep. But Billy Kidman, that motherfucker. Billy Kidman always had the most clean looking set of ripped cut off jeans right like they always looked fresh like he just bought them that day <laughs> i'm like man this is a gimmick though, well 
I tell you what, though, he definitely punched up and, and succeeded by dating Tori Wilson during the WCW days and I think WWE days. So he did something right. He did something right. All right. We'll, we'll get off that train. On this day. July 4th, 1993. Several wrestlers and professional sports stars all lined up on the USS Intrepid Battleship in New York City, all attempting to do something that was seemingly impossible. Rick Steiner, Scott Steiner, Tatanka, Crush, Randy Savage all failed the task, as did several NBA, NFL, and NHL players, until one man descended from the heavens to save the day. Tom, what was this task? This impossible task, and who was that man? One second. You find it? It was this man, Lex Luger, and it was the body slam challenge. Look at that motherfucker. He said, what up? I'm fucking Lex Luger. This is the old head, too. I got the more updated one. This is the NWA. Yeah, Lex Luger, motherfucking body slamming all these fucking foreigners straight to hell. Yes. This was, yeah, he's fucking bedazzled out in the stars and stripes, right? Like he's all American out coming on a helicopter and he's, he manages to slam Yokozuna only after hitting him, Tom, with his steel plate infused oh, forearm. Yeah. What a, that's what an American thing. What a to badass. Do. Well, yeah. Yeah. What an American thing to do. Hey, I bet you can't only body slam me. Okay. But here's a fucking forearm to your face. God bless it. I tell you what. Lex Luger. Yeah, with Lex a, Express. W- cheating <laughs> with, yeah, with an object. Cheating, yeah. <laughs> but but then you celebrate because you thought you did it correctly 100%. Right. Yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> what a bitch. America! That's what we celebrate on 4th of July. Lex Luger cheating on Yokozuna's body slam. Sexy Lexi, okay. baby. On this day. July 5th, 2016. Impact Wrestling aired what is considered by many to be the first true cinematic match in pro wrestling history. It was widely discussed online and led to a career resurgence of sorts for its performers. Tom, what was that match? It was the uh, uh, Broken Matt Hardy, the yes. deletion. Match. The final deletion. Yes. Which, which I tell you what, here's a fun thing you should do. Mm. Uh general you you could also do it as well but anyone listening go back and go to i think it was with uh wrestle talk and adam blompier and all those guys when they initially watch it they're like this is so fucking dumb like i i don't what are we yeah. watching like yeah. and they were acting all high and mighty then when public opinion was like this is actually fucking cool oh do they you know what that just look i love the pro wrestling fan but Daniel Bryan, when he was champion and called all of us fickle, he wasn't fucking lying. He's, it wasn't as wrong. Soon as, yeah. yeah. As soon as public opinion changes on one thing, oh, we fucking love it. Oh, which I'll get to one public opinion that I vehemently disagree with. We'll get to that in a little bit. That's a tease. Tease. All right. All right. Oh, I'm pissed. I'm pissed about one thing. And I love the guy too. I love him. I'm pissed off at him. <laughs> y- y'all don't know about Tom the Tease. All right, mm-hmm. let's move on. <laughs> on this day. July 6, 1980. Yep, let me look that one up again. <laughs> Hell yeah. Lost it. Let's try that. Let me run that back. We're going to fact check for once. 
right here on Live 1985. Let's run that back, Tom. Take two, as Scott Hall used to say. July 6, 1985. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. Never know. NWA presented the first ever great American bash in Charlotte, North Carolina. Because mm-hmm. it's not just the American bash. It is, of mm-hmm. course, the great mm-hmm. American bash. In, uh, let's see. Ole and Arn Anderson. Ole. Ole and Arn Anderson retained the NWA tag team titles against Buzz Sawyer and Dick Slater. Yeah, they did. Old Dickie Slater. Old Dick Slater. Crusher Khrushchev and Ivan Koloff. I don't know why I said that like a Southern trucker. And Ivan <laughs> Koloff. <laughs> that don't It's a great American badge. That's yeah. Where That's where. Place? North Carolina. Charlotte, North Carolina. Crusher Khrushchev. All right. Uh All right. Back to professional journalism here on Pro Wrestling's Best Podcast. Crusher Khrushchev and Ivan Koloff wrestled the Road Warriors to a double disqualification in an NWA-AWA tag team unification match. A lot to say. Mm -hmm. Magnum TA defeated Kamala (laughs) to retain the NWA World Heavyweight title. Or, no, excuse me, the NWA United States title. There we go. Okay. Yep. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because it was Ric Flair who defeated Nikita Koloff to retain the NWA World Heavyweight title. Mm-hmm. But Tully Blanchard lost the NWA mm-hmm. World Television title in a steel cage match against which wrestler? Hold on. I might fuck up the whole <laughs> shit here. Ah, it's not even worth it. Uh, it's Dusty Rhodes. It's Dusty Rhodes. That is synonymous, his, right? Yeah, it was his event. And yes. so he's going to put himself in the main event. So, yeah, it totally right. makes sense. Yeah, and he's yeah. the great American bash, right? Like, he yeah. is he is and what that was. Shout out to Tolly Blanchard, though, because a lot of people just think it was Ric Flair and then Arn Anderson was his, like, right-hand man. But honestly, if you go back to those, like, prime, right before Barry Windham joined, when it was still, like – it was Ole Anderson, then it was Luger, then it was Sting, all that kind of time period. Yeah. Tully Blanchard was the fucking workhorse that was like, all right, I'll take on anyone. I well, don't give a shit. And here's the real, you know, American 80s happening here. Dusty Rhodes also, in addition to winning the NWA World Television title in this steel cage match, also won the services of Baby Doll for 30 days, right? The services of Baby Doll. Well, yeah, you need a manager. You need to valet. travel. You need a valet. Yeah. Well, now well, we like her. You know, now yeah. she's face. Now she's yay. We all love her. But there's more things. You got to book travel. You got to get a hotel. Right. You got to get meals. Obviously, Dusty Rhodes needs his right. meals. Did you yeah. see him? You got to get serviced. Yeah. 100%. Correct. That's what they were implying. Uh, obviously. 100%. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's see. July 7th. What the hell happened here? <laughs> I don't know. Another Close fact up. check in here. Here we are. Let's stall, Tom. Back to that great American bash, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dude, Magnum. Well, here's another one. Yeah, we got Keep one in the on. chat talking about Magnum TA. Let's actually talk about it. He said Magnum TA. What did he say it was cool as fuck, I think is what he said here. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Watch the dark side of the ring. 
of Magnum TA, man, he was destined. And I'm not going to say he was going to be Hogan because look, everyone with hindsight in 2020, and if they had the pencil, it would obviously be different. But Hogan was a one of one. I don't give a shit what you say. No one had two iconic runs as a heel and a babyface like Hulk Hogan. That's the side note. What I was going to say about Magnum TA, though, is he could have been. I honestly think if Magnum TA doesn't get hurt the way he does, the one who suffers the most probably, because I think they push him to the moon, is Sting. I don't think Sting takes that spot of I'm the fucking coolest guy in the world, which, look, I'm I'm saying this as a Sting mark or whatever you want to call it. Sting was better than Magnum TA, but I don't think the decision makers, the Dusty Rhodes, the Rick yeah. Flair's, all of that. I don't think they no, thought Magnum TA in the eighties, like that, that mid eighties mullet, you know, yeah, that's what Camaro I'm saying. Yeah. crop top time, mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. What he was, it. He's yeah. what every throughout the Midwest, everybody's knows like like that grew up in my time there like their sisters friend's boyfriend right (laughs) was Mm -hmm. wanted to be magnum ta right like that kind of dude right one of the i rock z um hell yeah crushing bush lights on their forehead (laughs) racing mustangs at red lights just for the hell of it yeah smoking a lot of cigarettes oh marlboro so many cigarettes all right, final one here, Tom. Professionals. Pro Wrestling's best podcast. July 7th, 2004. NWA TNA held their 101st weekly pay-per-view in Nashville, Tennessee. Frankie Kazarian and Michael Shane defeated D-Ray 3000 and Shark Boy. Monty Brown defeated D-Lo Brown. Oh, God. Let's go back quick sidebar (laughs) to one of the best moments in this fucking podcast history. When we had your friend of the other podcast that you joined, and I can't remember any of the names of it. What was the guy's name? Dan the Cannon. Dan Dan the Cannon came on, and he had so many good things to say. But we disagreed on, I don't even remember what the subject matter was, but we disagreed on a subject matter. And we started to get to kind of personal jabs which every argument tends to do right especially you don't know each other and Ugh. he says that his favorite pro wrestler of all time is monty brown and i responded in perplexed <laughs> dumbfounded fashion the guy who sm- smells the ropes that's the guy didn't know what to say one of the best moments in our show. Yeah, so I think that's true because we, that was a Cinco Preguntas question, right? For new listeners, yeah. we haven't had a, an interview in a while. Any first-time guest, we ask Cinco Preguntas, the same five questions. Tower, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of those is, who is your favorite wrestler of all time? And I don't, if that was his answer or if it was like an honorable minute, but he said yeah. the name Monty Brown came up somewhere in, in the conversation they're in. And you, we were in the radio station at the time. You were kicked back. You would often kick back because you could bring that, that uh, right microphone yeah. right up to your mouth and you were kicked back with your feet up on the table in true T-Mac uh-huh. fashion. Yeah. And you sat up and pushed that microphone back and you went, brought it back to you and you went, the guy who snitched the ropes? <laughs> I just, I had to mute so fast. <laughs> what the fuck? 
fuck kind of answer is that? Credit to anyone who likes him. I'm just Jesus, man. Come on. Okay. Anyhow, let's go back. So 2004. What are we- 2004. <laughs> he defeated D'Lo Brown. Oh, that old Browns, I guess. Christopher Daniels and Elix Skipper won a tornado tag match against the teams of Bobby Roode and Petey Williams and Chris Saban and the Amazing Red. That was Team Canada time, I'm guessing, with Mm -hmm. Bobby Roode and Petey Williams. Team Canada, Mm -hmm. I like that. B.G. James, Chad Collier, Hot Stuff Hernandez, Ken Shamrock, Conan, Onyx, and Ron Mm -hmm. Killings all lost a running of the gauntlet match for the NWA World Heavyweight (laughs) Championship to which wrestler? That one. <laughs> that one right there. Yeah. It was Jeff Jarrett every week managing to win a championship. Nearly every week. He's so good. He's the best. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, the, he's the one. He's the one that got you over. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, Chad Collier. That is tough competition, right? I don't even know that name. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I don't recognize it at all. Hot Stuff Hernandez, is that Hernandez? Was he doing a Hot Stuff Hernandez gimmick? Or is that a different guy? Probably a different guy. Onyx, um, I don't recognize that either. I wasn't watching the early TNA until it got on, like, Spike. I remember Onyx vaguely. I think Onyx was like a a X Division guy, if if my memory is correct. But, yeah. yeah, Frankie Kazarian, I always felt like, you know how you talk about uh, Trent being that workhorse guy that could do oh, anything. Mm-hmm. He could fill mm-hmm. in any role. Kazarian was that guy at this time, man. Maybe a little later mm-hmm. even than this, but like uh and he's one of those longevity guys where you're like, I'm sorry, aren't you fifty two years old? Like yeah. you're in better shape mm-hmm. than I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's a he's a supreme athlete, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and he was workhorse kind of guy. I got to meet him. Uh they did a show in Independence. Uh he liked him some him. When I met him, that was oh, I bet, sure. wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. When you used I mean, to talk about, we always discuss that Randy Orton never wears pants, and your oh, yeah. response has always been like, "Would you? Look at I him. would never. <laughs> yeah, I would never wear pants. I would never wear a shirt." You're like, I'd "Who's getting in the pool? Pants. We're getting in the pool, right?" Yeah, I'd be walking into a restaurant, but I'm swimming after this, assholes. Yeah, get me to my table. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You didn't say sleeves, right? I can wear I can wear this muscle shirt with my nipples hanging out. <laughs> well, with all of his tattoo sleeves, it could look like a shirt, right? Like True fuck that, you. Yeah. yeah. Cover skin. If he wore a sweater vest and nobody would know mm-hmm. that he's wearing a sweater. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well it's good. You got your Jeff Jarrett and your American yeah, Ghost. So you, happy. Feel, you feel Love great. Yeah, Love you feel that great. you gave me that Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank great you. Great so attitude for the rest much. of the show. Everybody, yep. chime in with your tweet the tables about how great Jeff Jarrett is. Tom will love that. Well, well, actually, Jeffrey Sills said Monty wasn't that bad, but he definitely wasn't my favorite or top 20. I would agree. I would say Correct. Uh, at, at a zero. And that's where he's probably at for me. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I was, that's what I was saying. Like when I saw him, I was like, yeah, not bad. Right. Mm-hmm. He's trying. He knows the, he knew the game, right? Like he understood what he was supposed to do. Yeah. It just kind of felt like mojo to me. Mm-hmm. We're like, man, you yeah. get it. But like. I'm not, I'm good. But you're not. You just yeah. don't have it, right? Like, you get it, but you don't have it for this, right? Like, you could, like, go host a fucking TV show or something. Maybe you'll be good at that. Yeah, go sell some insurance. Right. Bet you you're doing great. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Awesome. Right. Tito Santana just retired from teaching. 
Credit to him. Good yeah. for you to be a part right. of the Amer- was it yeah. the American? Yep. Uh, Somewhere in Good Texas, for I you. think. I think maybe Texas, maybe Florida. Good night. He in, a, get, in a state, it was in a state. Well, he should get an award just for that because teachers are not treated well in this country. Yeah. Uh, oh, not at uh, all. Yes. Not at all. All right. Well, Jeffrey still says he might be top three hundred. Monty Brown. Oh, that's a tough list to make. Well, let's talk about this, Tom. You've been playing it for what two days straight now? There's a new yeah! video game on the market. Fight forever. Mm. AEW Fight Forever. So I got, I believe, what's called the Elite Edition. So I got it one day early. So when all you marks are watching AEW Dynamite with me and they keep saying the game's out tomorrow, guess what? I was already playing it. I was already getting the daily uh, missions accomplished. Yeah, I couldn't download (laughs) it until this morning. I tried at midnight. It was Mm -hmm. midnight. And I thought, I'm in Central, the one true Mm -hmm. time zone. I'll be able to get it at midnight. Nope. Nope. So I went to bed. I woke up in the morning. Yeah, started working. And then I was like, ooh, I can download it. Yep. I, unfortunately, still have not had to play it because work kicked my ass today. Well, that happens. You know what? Sometimes you you get your ass kicked. Sometimes you're kicking ass. That's how it works Well, and also, notwithstanding, I I would like to point out that it takes me a little time to put out the news and the on this day every day. And so, folks, please uh, subscribe at the SpanishAnnounceTable.net. Get our newsletters. Uh, Mm -hmm. things like that you can turn off emails of course but if you subscribe to the site uh that helps us uh you know get numbers like go to our uh also uh you know go to our youtubes and like some videos and make a comment right we've got a guy who comments a lot that just says thanks that's amazing that helps us a lot with the algorithms and things like that right like which you gotta fight them in addition to of course the t-shirt that you can find uh at a link to the pro wrestling tees at spanishnowstable.net and the donations Mm. if you want to be the beer sponsor of the week and all that kind of things but tom this video game has you uh, it has all your attention you've been sending me so much fun stuff and i'm excited to oh so there's so much fun just with Easter eggs alone. I won't ruin all of the Easter eggs for you. I've got the majority of them because I have been kind of addicted to the game. The one thing that I will say that makes me smile is a lot of people are wanting, I think, more of a wrestling game that's styled like the WWE games, which has ruled this, you know, division in video games for like the last decade, right? Yeah. Oh, well more than that even probably. I will say that the in-ring fighting style is more like, if you remember the game Def Jam Vendetta, when you could be like Mm. DMX fighting Method Man and stuff like that. It's more like, yeah, it's more of that than it is WWE 2K. It's a little over like cartoonized, right? A little bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And and it's meant to be, but right. But the moves are emphasized. Yeah, but because that's that what you're said, doing when you're playing a video game, right? You're like, I got you. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 So, so with that being said, uh, the the gameplay is so much fun. It's very simple. You don't have to necessarily like, you know, look up the moves list every time. I will say the uh, countering. I'm still learning. That's a little bit difficult. And I will also say uh, to anyone who is playing WWE 2K23, which I am also doing, uh, don't do it in the same day. Don't play the WWE and then the AEW game in the same Mess day. You you'll be oh, you'll be pissed for a solid hour. At least I was. Um, so here's what I'll say. Here's the positive. Actually, you know, let's start with the negatives. Then we'll go to the positives. Then we'll get into the the next segment here. So the negatives, I would say, unfortunately. Uh, and I guess they are going to com- continue to improve this. So maybe it won't be a negative down the road, but right out of the box, 
the roster isn't a hundred percent there. So there's no Jamie Hader. There's no acclaimed. There's no the and and you know, there's no Claudio, for example. But Claudio was one of those ones where I was like, well, he got added to the roster kind of late. So I get it. But the talent that's been there since day one, like I mentioned, a Jamie Hader, an acclaimed, a uh um scorpio sky for example they're not in the game and so i would say like that's where the most improvement i think should come from now if you didn't get the elite version like i did uh credit to you but you've already gotten ftr there are now downloadable uh characters in the game um so they are i guess coming out with patches as like a season pass so that's cool well, one I thing I would say, say in that regard, if you're moving mm-hmm. on to a different one, is that mm-hmm. if this is like many other games of this nature in wrestling games in the past, if you give it some time, the community will put out a lot of downloadable creative characters that will fill in any gaps, right? Now, mm-hmm. there will be no tailored storylines, obviously, around those until maybe you unlock ones that exist or su- of such. But like, if you really wanted a... You know what I mean? A Jeff Jarrett or whatever, a doctor or a Jamie Hayter, right? Somebody will create it in a week here and you'll be able to download it and, and play with it. Well, so that's the second criticism I have, at least with the in-game creations. So creating wrestlers, creating uh, arenas, things like that, a little limited. It, it One of the strongest suits of the WWE games is their like I said, decades worth of continuing to try to do this and do this and do this. So then they work on what happened the year before and all this. And so AW, this is the first time around somewhat limited. Now for me personally, I'm not a huge, well, my face, I'm going to create myself. My nose is a little bit uh, bigger than that. I don't fucking care. Yeah. I always, I always make a character named Jimmy Hendrix and I play as Jimmy Hendrix. Oh, please hold on the game. Let's, let's go to one of our good friends of the show here. Justin floor. Who's also in the chat saying I'm playing fight forever right now while I'm listening. Hell yeah. Um, and all the J's, all the J's in the chat here, right? The Jeff's and the Justin's are all talking about how great the game is here. And Justin Flory used hashtag tweet the table on Twitter, which we encourage you to do. And mm-hmm. we will read them on the show like this, where he said, uh, in honor of AEW fight forever releasing today, what's your creator wrestler name? And what is your finisher? Hashtag tweet the table. So you would make Jimi Hendrix. I always make Jimi Hendrix. I have an NHL game, Jimi Hendrix. I have a uh, MLB game. Jimi Hendrix. I have the WWE game, Jimi Hendrix. I love Jimi Hendrix. He's my favorite guitarist of all time. Uh, And I just think it's the funnest thing to do because he also had a distinct look that's easy to do, right? Typically in the creative suites of all of these games, they give you a big poofy hair. They give you dark skin. They give you loud clothes. So it's an easy thing to do. And I'm not doing a character that looks like me so that if I show people who I'm playing as they go, well, that doesn't look like you. Well, yeah, fuck. Yeah. It's not me. It's Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah. Fuck off. Right. Uh, so that's who I do. Shout out to the chat here. Uh, another J if you peeking behind the curtain, I won't out him completely here, but uh, how to be a business analyst, by the way, check that out. If you want to know how to be a business analyst, if you want to up your career skills, uh, Great skills offered there by the master there at how to be a business analyst. He says, yo, I wore my Spanish announce table t-shirt to a birthday party last weekend and four separate people stopped me to ask about it. And I told Tom about this, uh, story that he shared with me offline, uh, about this. And Tom is amazed. And Tom had no doubts because Tom has always said, somebody will ask you 
what you're doing with that shirt. Like we mentioned earlier, for those who have been watching uh, from the beginning. So go to Pro Wrestling Tees and get our shirt. And people will ask you about it. It will be a conversation starter. Uh, Jeffrey Sill says, Jimi Hendrix and Jimmy Page are my favorite guitarists. Tom, uh, you, you're, the Jays love you. Top three. Side note. Jimmy we'll get into the wrestling. <laughs> well, top three. Jimi Hendrix, Eric Clapton. Jimmy Page. Those yeah. are my top three. Eric Clapton had a little bit more diversity. That's why I like it. Because sometimes you want to eat dinner and yeah. you don't want to fucking rock out. You want something smoother. I did not have a de facto or like a default uh, create a character that I would do, right? There was a time where I would just randomly be like, let's just do whatever, right? So nothing sticks out, right, where I would just create random things. I would mm-hmm. generally name them a name. I wouldn't do anything weird like a, a like a The Undertaker kind of gimmick name. I did one time what you said where – I spent hours on the creative character and made me and son of a bitch. This thing looked so much like me. It had the beard, right? This was PlayStation one days. Uh, I was playing it with my friend, like a neighbor down the street. And he was just like, good God, man, you got this nailed. Like that is you, right? He's like, I mean, you're not that big, which of course, right? Like, you know, well, sure. Right. You know, but, um, but like the face like had it nailed it. Um, and so that was fun, right? Because that one, I was like, all right, cool. Like, but it took that, right? It took so many hours of like, it's not going to be cool if I don't nail it, right? right. Like, it's got to be. And that meant I was like, this is pre-smartphone. So I've got a mirror. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> like, no, it ain't like that, right? Took forever. Took forever. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is with the creative suites, uh, as Justin asked, what's my finisher? In this game, I legitimately got you you can't separate it you can't go like a b c you can't like search either you just have to go from the top of the a's and scroll down to z and that's how you see everything so i just got tired i don't even know what my finisher is in this game so that needs to be improved on as well and then the third thing that i would say that's kind of a negative is the storyline so far in being the elite a tad simple it's Mm. a tad there it is and now we move to the next city now Positives, as I mentioned, gameplay outstanding. Also, the weapons, the weapons are incredible. You can explode people. Uh, on top of that, the exploding barbed wire death match is so much fun. And then, as mentioned, and I won't give them too much away because I know people are playing, so I want them to see it in real time. But there are a hundred million, it feels like, little Easter eggs that when you come across it, you're like, this is fun. For example, one that we already know that came out of the box uh doing the pyro for all the entrances you can say fire 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 explosion 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 or nothing and then you can change the camera views like that kind of stuff is what makes this which is great because i always skip the intros like i for the first couple times playing them through or if it was like a i'm on a storyline and i'm at a Mm -hmm. big like mania match i'd do the entrance right but like yeah i was like this is get to the i'm ready to play Right. Like, well, the only so if you could play around say, with the entrance, that makes it. More yeah. Fun. Well, honestly, the only thing that I kind of wish, and it's a good thing from their point of view, I would think is I want more entrance because of that. Like it just gives you that first one and then you're done. You're like, I wanted to still blow things up. I got gotcha. you, you know, but it's gotcha. fun. It is fun. So overall, I would say if you have the money, you have the means, definitely get this game. If you're an AW fan, it's a must. Uh, I've already changed my champions. I've got Eddie Kingston as my heavyweight champion, because fucking, of course. Uh, I've got my tag team champions as Sting and Darby. I've got my TNT champion as Powerhouse Hobbs. I got my women's champion as Thunder Rosa. 
Um, am I missing anyone? Oh, and I got my FTW champion as John Moxley. Nice. Yeah, because nice. fuck the world is John Moxley to a T. <laughs> nice. Uh, how to be a business analyst says I created the John as a creator wrestler on one of the WWE games back in the day. My finisher was the John Bottom. Man, that's <laughs> yeah. I always did a power bomb, right? I think I was just I always thought that move was good, so I did a power bomb. Actually, I know what my finisher is now on AEW. Now that I've had a little bit more time to think about it, it's the uh, it's the running. Uh, kick so you know how ray phoenix will get on the top rope and run down the ropes and then penalty kick you in the face that's my finish nice i will say this about the game and i am excited to play it again i downloaded it this morning when it was finally available and didn't have a chance to play it yet today um uh, work just working my fingers to the bone. <clears throat> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Hey, boss. <laughs> yeah, hey, boss. I was working so hard. Time. Yeah. Uh, didn't have any time. No. Um, yeah. I'm excited to play it tonight, though, when we're done with this. And we, unfortunately, we discussed this. Uh, we looked this up. There's no cross-play online, at least yet. They Kenny Omega at one point in February said there was going to be, and there's word that it may come on a patch sometime. But at the moment, if you're playing online, you have to play against somebody that's on your same sort of console or PC. And I'm on a PC and, and Tom's over there on the PS5, yeah? And so um, so at the moment, we can't do this sort of like stream a fun game against each other. But what I heard about the game, and again, I haven't played it yet, but Jeffrey Sills says the, game, uh, the gameplay is phenomenal. Uh, I've heard that it is centered around a lot of that idea of, of some online play and playing with friends, because that's sort of the fun of that old school kind of no mercy on the Nintendo 64 game is it's much more fun when you're playing against some folks, right? Like the game is, is a kind of a party game in ways, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. and so that online play and being able to then do all those fun Easter eggs, the fun moves that you highlight gives you that moment of like, now you get to talk a little shit, right? You get it. Like it's, it's a bit of a party game is kind of what I, what I saw some reviews that, and that's what they were gearing it for. And it seems like they made that successfully. Yeah. I will say right off the jump, uh, by all means, add me as a friend. If you have a PS four or five, whatever it is, and I'm happy to be friends with you. I'm not playing online. I fucking hate it. I don't like online. If you want to come to my house or meet at a, a neutral location, I'll play a hundred percent. But I don't want, I hate it when your fucking internet's buffering and then you whine about it. Or if I'm uh, having internet issues and it's buffering, yes. I hate playing online. Don't uh-huh. play online for anything. Uh, uh, he did say, I had nothing to do with the fingers and bones thing. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He said, I missed the game name. What is it? And can I get it on Steam for Windows? Yes, I downloaded it this morning on Steam for Windows. It is AEW Fight Forever. Uh, and, and it's it's all the rage right now. Everybody's everybody's talking about it. it should be fun. Um, anyway, so fight forever. You got any other closing things before we get on to the uh, the forbidden door? Oh, here you go. Well, actually, one quick one. Uh, who? So I've already played it. Obviously, you guys all know who I picked. I was Eddie Kingston. Who will you choose mm, first? To like who's fight the as? first player? Yeah, man. Ooh, that's a tough decision because man. I love me some cowboy shit and hangman Adam page. You see him here getting crucified. Um, man, the dark order broke my heart. We'll talk more about that. Um, Mm, we'll get to it, but you know what I mean? I also, I also empathize anyway. Um, hangman or Eddie Kingston, Eddie Kingston is one, man. I still MJF is still 
a guy that is near and dear to my heart, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's going to be one of those three. I don't know yet. I don't think I'll know until it's time to, like, pick, right? Until it's time to pick okay. that player. Fair enough. Fair it's enough. installed. It installed in the background today. It's ready to go. Mm-hmm. We're done here. All right. I we'll like pick. it. We'll see what happens. All right. All right. So now let's move on. All right. So as mentioned, we're not going to go through the whole thing, but we did want to touch on it since it was a pay-per-view from AEW. And again, we are AEW centric uh, focused. Uh, And so let's talk about their last pay-per-view, which was on Sunday night, AEW and new Japan presented forbidden door 2023 door. And Tim, I will let you start. Mm -hmm. How did you feel about this AEW New Japan Pro Wrestling joint venture? I took it for what it was, and I honestly didn't watch any of it live, and I've seen clips, but I've not even seen a full match through. Because I also said mm. very clearly going into this that like I didn't care. Like I just these will be some dream matches, but the dream matches aren't a thing that I get behind, right? Like mm. I, I just never really it's not my thing. Um, there was some stories going into this, but no stories that like I personally got attached to, I feel like. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that's fair. Um, I watched all of it. I watched yeah. all of it live. I tweeted, uh, at table show during the event. If you want to go back and read those, you'll see how I was ecstatic, happy, sad, frustrated, pissed off. That's kind of how every day in, t- in the life of time. Well, that's, I mean, that's in an hour, but for this pay-per-view, that's Listen, how we have teams of psychiatrists and social workers working to try to figure that one out. Well, that's not, got, this isn't the place. <laughs> I got therapy notes. Okay? Yeah. These are real therapy notes. If you want to stop it back later on, uh, that's real notes that I have to take during therapy. Yeah. Um, so forbidden door, I thought, okay. So first off, and this is more of a criticism of just AEW pay-per-views in general they're too fucking long and I get it. We want to get everything in and that's fine. And that's cool. And then if you do shorten it, that means, Oh my God, you don't have uh, wrestler X on a pay-per-view. He's the best storyline. I get it. And I'm not, but what I am saying is four hours is longer than the fucking Godfather. No event or TV thing I should be watching should be longer than the Godfather. Yeah, like I get mad at the Super Bowl sometimes, right? Yeah. Not the years that the Chiefs win it, like last year, of course, but you know. Ha ha. Yeah. But yeah, (laughs) baseball games. If you guys are going, you know, that's why they changed the rules in baseball is to speed it up because motherfuckers, we got shit to do. Again, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Well, that's because it was, yeah, it was nearing four hours and it was like, hey, that's too long. Yeah, but I'll say it again. Attention is currency. If you're fucking boring, I'm moving on. Or if you're fucking exhausting, I'm going to bed. So you got to shorten that shit up. Jeffrey Sill says they're so long. I actually planned or called out to work to watch it. I planned ahead. He just knew like you can't, you know, got to. Well, don't tell your work that you're doing that. But yeah, credit to you for doing it. Hope your boss Uh, isn't watching. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So what I'll say. Okay. So this is a criticism. Uh, the next criticism I have is we got to start talking about our matches as, as a community backstage. And I get some people aren't talking to other people. Allegedly. I don't give a shit, but every men's match had the most exhaust. It's the new super kick. It's the most exhausting spot in pro wrestling to me right now. And it happened on dynamite, which we'll get to, but it's the Tim, me and you are standing in uh, yeah. chest to chest. Who's tougher hit me now I hit you 
And then we just, st- woo, yeah. And then we just do that. Every, go back and watch it. I'm not kidding you. Every fucking men's match, the women didn't do it because they're fucking free thinkers that know how to fucking do a match. But every goddamn men's match followed the same template. Yeah. It's, buh, buh, buh. stop that shit. It's annoying. It, yeah. And it also doesn't make sense. Again, if we're going into the kayfabe world that this is all real, bitch, I ain't letting you hit me. You ever seen a fucking MMA fight? And they go, like, come on. Now they've taunted and then they've countered, right? Like Conor McGregor has put his hands uh, behind his back when he won the light uh, lightweight championship over Eddie Alvarez. And he did that to get him to come in. Mm-hmm. But motherfuckers aren't just letting you hit him, right? So stop it. It's fucking yeah. done and played out. Yeah, even like you said, he wasn't really like trying to let him actually hit him. Yeah, <laughs> like that no. wasn't a thing. yeah. <laughs> it was a bait. Right. And so... That's my criticisms of all the matches is it was the same format damn near for every single one. Now, unless you're fighting Jake Hager, right? Then you let him hit you, right? That's how that works. Yeah. I mean, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Um, So what? Okay. So now let's get into the two biggest matches of the night. Now, side note, honestly, CM Punk's match uh, was probably the most enjoyable. The best match from a storyline perspective was Blackpool Combat Club versus the Elite, you know, and Eddie Kingston and Nishi. Yes. Uh, that and was that's great. still ongoing even. I, I like how that was right. weaved in and out, right? Yeah. yeah. But the but the just like, hey, I'd watch that back or show it to a friend who's like, what's up with wrestling? It was fun. The Kojima spot, if you know about CM Punk, was fun. Also him playing the heel, kind of being the babyface. He did really well. MJF did really great with also the planned tweet that said, uh, uh, by now I've already beat, um, beat this guy and onto the airport or whatever he said. So I thought that was great too. Now let's talk about the two matches that everyone's talking about. Oh my God. First off, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay. Incredible. <laughs> it was a good, good, almost great story that they told in one match seven minutes could have been cut out of it because it was a little bit too much. Yeah. The other thing, and this is where you got to think, right? Someone else, some third party needs to listen to these two guys come up with their matches, at least for this one, because it makes no goddamn sense that the referee would say, Don Callis, you're out of here. Get out of here. And he leaves. Ah, we, we got, so it's a fair fight. Don Callis and Will Ospreay. And then Don Callis is like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to walk back down. And the ref just goes like, I guess you can. All right. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. Is gonna... Like, it made no it feels like storyline sense. In real life, again, like, I, I, this isn't real life. We're watching a show. But if right. I'm supposed to act as if, again, I don't watch, you know, fill in the blank TV show the whole time going like, it's not real, right? Like, you're supposed right. to watch as if. And mm-hmm. so if the ref says, get out of here. And you go, I'm coming back. At any other event, you get taken out by another figure that's likely armed or yeah. is way bigger than you, right? Like, mm-hmm. so let's just roll that in there, right? Like, he shouldn't he be like, the moment he comes walking back down, the ref shouldn't even have to say anything. Large gentlemen, come drag him back out of there. Yeah. So I, that was, that got me out of the moment. I, honestly, it was all good. I liked how Osprey was going back to the head through the, um, uh, well, in this case, it was the announcer's table. Obviously it was a table in their new Japan match. And I liked all the callbacks and all of that. It was good. 
Now, one other criticism I have, and this is not necessarily a huge criticism because if both guys agree to it, fucking okay, but I, it's not my taste. The Tiger Driver 91, where we just fucking plant Kenny Omega right on his temple. He just had 11 surgeries or something, right? Like, <laughs> right. what the fuck are you doing? I'm not saying don't go hard, but don't be stupid. What Kenny Omega going to have grandkids and be like, well, uh, well, grandkid one, whatever the fuck his name is. I can't get up and play catch with you because there was this match in 2023 where I kicked out at two, but he dropped me on my temple. Like, what the fuck? Like, think about it. If you're going to do it, have it in the match. So that is my criticism of Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay. Fantastic match. A lot of things, though, could have been scrapped and also got me out of the moment. Yeah. Uh, now, go uh, ahead. Well, I want to say here, Jeffrey Sill says MJF should have called in sick like Cole did. So. Yikes. Well, I think that was real. Yeah. Well, and I don't was... think he called in either. From the accounts that I saw, it was like he showed up and they were like, dude, you're not. Nope. Yeah. And same we're with Britt Baker this. on Wednesday. Yeah. Hey, mm -hmm. yeah. So we'll get to those. Um, but yes, from a storyline, that was cool. And we'll get to the talking. And, and Before we move on, if you're watching us live on the YouTube, which, by the way, if you're not, you should be live. YouTube's mm -hmm. precisely, exactly on the dot, 715-ish, a central time zone. Mm -hmm. Uh. Um, you know, you should join us like the video right now. If you're watching this, right? Like it right now or subscribe if you're not. Uh, so don't forget cause it helps us out. But anyway, back to what you're doing. That's why I need, so I need biggest, you to help us out. Yeah. So the biggest criticism I have is, well, let me, let me, let me do a compliment sandwich here where it's going to be a compliment, a huge criticism, Ooh. and then a compliment, right? Okay. That's how you fire. People. Love it. Yeah. That's, shit sandwich. Yeah. This is how you fire people. Um, I genuinely love the wrestling career of Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, the whole fucking thing. All the I have the ring of honor, uh, club, whatever it's called. The, you know, nine 99 thing that I'm paying for honor. Club. I go back honor club. That's what it's called. I go back and watch his matches with Joe, uh, the feud where he kind of didn't wrestle against CZW when it was CZW versus ring of honor, obviously Daniel Bryan, uh, doing WrestleMania 30, all of that stuff coming into AEW. his matches with Kenny Omega hangman. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Awesome. 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 Now here's the bad part. I get that the wrestling fan is a little bit too, oh, well, that's not a real ankle injury, so I'm not buying it. So wrestlers are trying to push it to the limit to try their hardest to fool the fan, to really make them think that the wrestler is injured or in peril or whatever it may be, right? And I'm just going to say right out before this spot that I'm specifically talking about, I don't like the ref looks at the wrestler and throws up the X fake X thing. And it's a fake injury, but the wrestler did the, or the ref did the, it's an X. It's a real thing. I fucking hate it. It's stupid. And it's unwarranted and it's tacky. It's even fucking worse when Brian Danielson retires because of concussions and seizures that happen at any time. His words, not mine. Yeah does a goddamn seizure spot in a wrestling match. It was uncalled for. Yeah. It didn't lead to the, it didn't lead to a roll up pin. It was tacky. It was tasteless. 
it was honestly, and I told you this, Tim, I, I, I sent you a message. I have watched wrestling since I was four years old. I'm 37. Yeah. Do the math. You live through the attitude era. I lived through a fucking hand being birthed. Okay. And I've seen some shit and I've seen, some you've seen hot lesbian action live on TV. Yeah. Three minute warning. I've seen it all. I've also seen it all local too, where guys are trying to push the limit to get noticed. I know a, a name of Katie Vick. Yeah. From someone who created it in Kansas city. That's another story. I've seen a lot of shit is what I'm saying. And this Tim, I wrote you, I believe is the first time I've ever been offended by a match. Yeah. It was so tasteless and yeah. tacky that I don't, here's the thing. And this is what I was telling you about with like, Oh, but everyone says it's fucking great. No, it's not. And I get, here's another thing. When people are like, well, uh, if they agree to it, right. If Brian Danielson says it's okay. And he does it, then we should be okay with it. You know, what I would say back to you, if I make a Disney movie and I put a porn scene right in the middle of it, all the fucking actors are cool with it. So shouldn't your kid, yeah. right? We ain't fucking doing yeah. that shit. Well, here's the thing Stop is, it. the thing is like, no, cause Di Brian Danielson, while being a person who suffers through seizures does not represent the community of people who suffered through seizures as a whole. And I bet if you pulled a lot of them, they probably wouldn't like this. Cause I know a few people who've suffered through this and like, do it can, it can in a myriad of ways kill you or leave you permanently damaged mm -hmm. uh and ruin your life in a moment in an instant like that and it's a scary moment for their loved ones and things like that like that it what it does seem in poor taste if i'm if i'm if i'm being honest but um yeah i thought that well, was and, unique too because usually we know brian danielson to be somewhat aware of these kind of matters you know yeah, typically he'll push the limit as far as a move, right? He'll do a headbutt, which is, again, at his own risk. And if he wants to do it, okay. But we've seen a headbutt since the 1980s, yeah. right? So it's not the smartest move, but neither is the Tiger Driver 91. But again, if you want to do that, fine. But when you say to us, legitimately, as a non-in-gimmick wrestler, I have seizures randomly, and that means randomly, then if you're doing one during a match, I don't want to be like, oh, he got us. Oh, man, that's so cool. Dude, he got us. That yeah. one time where I had empathy for another human. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's not the like, you know, it's not the like, oh, man, my arm's broken, which again, to credit to Brian Nance, it was uh, at some yeah. point in this match. But like, it, that's not the spot of like, oh, my arm's broken. And you go, oh, and the wrestler lets off. And then they come in and they don't. Because again. Yeah, a broken arm sucks, and we know people who have quote unquote suffered from that. But we know that not to be like life altering, right? Like by and large, is a broken arm, right? That's the difference, and that's what I was saying about Brian Danielson. Is we typically know him to be sort of empathetic to those sorts of things, right? Like, yeah, the, I thought that an awkward call on his behalf. If I'm being honest, yeah, yeah, and you know, for as much as everyone gives the shit the match for the barbed wire death match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley because of how the explosion happened when Eddie Kingston came to John Moxley's yeah. um which by the way that's uh, in the game right yeah which is awesome great yes. great touch but um but it's how it's how you leave them that's how it left me so when people are like forbidden door is one of the best no it's not no it's fucking not like that's one of the most horrendous things I could ever yeah. think to do in a the fucking The thing I will match. say about Forbidden Door is that 
I disagree with the folks who think it's like an amazing thing every year, just solely because like, I just don't watch new Japan. Maybe if I watched it regularly and got into it. So I don't want to discredit that. Like, I mean, you like what you like. That's not what I'm saying. Like you're wrong about what you like. Um, I'm just saying it's not my thing. And so like, I have been less than impressed. I will say that like for the crowd they're going for the folks that like that, they seem to say like, you guys nailed it. Uh, every, each time so i'll give them that credit if if they are specifically catering to these folks that like this product then man they're nailing that i'll give them that like they are hitting it out the park because you see it right here in our chat oh yeah people it, love it. And, it and look there there are really fun spots again going back to the kojima uh cm punk match the unintentional elbow drop to the dick of cm punk was hilarious and funny uh, because again, it wasn't that serious of an injury and he wasn't even actually injured. It was just an elbow drop to the cock as Kojima said on Twitter. Uh, so I, I think it was, there was a lot of stuff that was fine and okay, but then the Brian Danielson thing for me, and I'm speaking only for me was completely disgusting that that pay-per-view to me is something I'm most likely never going to watch back again. And I don't want to even talk about it. Like I'm talking about it now on podcast so that you know what my opinions and stuff. But when we get to the end of the year and you motherfuckers try to hashtag tweak the table or send in emails saying the best match of the year was the AEW match between Brian Danielson and Okada, I'm going to fucking find you <laughs> and we're going to have some conversations face to face. No, we're not. Tom's going to be the guy back. Oh, so you support uh mm -hmm. you're making fun of people with seizures yeah <laughs> okay yeah yeah which what, I'm what does your right. employer think about this <laughs> yeah. i'm right yeah. but yeah yeah exactly i'm i'm uh, i'm heavily considering naming this episode elbow drop to the cock it's <laughs> yeah really, it was really. great it was great kojima's the best kojima even let's get real quick going into the match when he's like i'm gonna kill you you, you idiot uh to cm punk he's yeah, like yeah. cm punk is like i respect kojima i i look forward to this challenge and kojima goes i'm gonna kill you you idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck yeah kojima he's the best love kojima um yeah, it, it was really good. Uh, that was fun. And then, uh, obviously, the Blackpool Combat Club and Elite match was good. And let's get into, because uh, um, you want to talk about Dynamite now? Yes, AEW Dynamite. Let's talk about it. It was a fun show last night. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. So, talking about that Blackpool Combat Club versus Elite match, the fallout saw John Moxley, whose team lost, taking on Ishii, whose team won, in a one-on-one -on -one competition. And... It started with, as mentioned, the dumbest spot in pro wrestling, and it's so overused. I hit you. Please hit me back. Dumb. Now, with that being said, the absolute best part of this match was not the match at all. The match was great. There was blood. Besides that spot, they really got after it. Well, before, you, before you talk about what the best part was, let's go out mm -hmm. to Brian J. Bay Bay who says, give me more mocks versus Ishii, hashtag tweet the table. Yeah, because one of my favorite spots is something similar, but it's done right, where Ishii and Moxley go for clotheslines on each other and they both just collapse in the middle of the ring. That is understandable. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you back. Well, and we hit at the same time. Jesus Christ, we're exhausted. We fall in, you know, pain and agony. Totally makes sense. But the, let me hit you. I'm going to hit you. No, fuck off. Um, the best part, though, of this match, one million percent, 
was as Ishii was on, on the outside of the ring, Claudio and Yuta come looking over at him and like, what are we going to do to this motherfucker? Ref ain't looking. Yuta, you want to fucking punch this guy? Nope. Eddie Kingston walks down looking like it's straight out of the fall of 1998 with fucking jean shorts and a Echo shirt, probably. Yeah. And oversized, fitted cap. Fucking love it. And he walks looking like Fred Durst like, coming out here. Easy, easy. God, dude, way better. <laughs> a cooler Fred Durst. Fred Durst. Yeah. <laughs> He's like a less cool DMX. All right. Let's yeah. give him the All right. Okay. DMX. All right. Yeah. 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 Uh, but he goes out there and he's like, Claudio, you motherfucker, stay away from him. And then the match is, again, happening in the ring, all the fun spots, all the things. But Eddie Kingston and Claudio lock eyes and they ain't looking they at anything else. They don't ever look away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. So Moxley gets the win, as he probably should have. And after the match... Uh, John Moxley blows past Eddie Kingston, gives him a little shoulder check, and Eddie Kingston's like, "Good job, you did it by yourself. You <laughs> yeah. don't need these guys." Yeah, and then Moxley's job. like, "You're a piece of shit." And so we got some beef amongst the two. Yeah. What did you think? Uh, Jeffrey Sill says Eddie dresses like I did in '01. And yeah, yes, and that's why it's great. You know, I sent you a meme the other day that said I'm bringing back the T-shirt over the long sleeve T-shirt, and I don't care what it costs me. And I'm like, this was peak fashion. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to hear arguments to the otherwise. Like, yeah. Um, yes, I am all for this. We talked about this. This Eddie Kingston uh, character, for one, is something we can all get behind. For reasons like that, right? Here's a guy maybe still dressing like it's 2001, right? Maybe he's still, you know I mean? He, he, he's got good intentions, but he follows through with bad ideas, right? Like, we can get behind that. And so I love this. And we all know that, like, the on-off-again friendship of Moxley and Kingston, so it just fits so well there, especially now that Mox is aligned with the bitter hatred, like, hated rival of Eddie Kingston. Yes. And we get more of it throughout the show. It's so great. Yeah, we'll get to it. So after Moxley wins, uh, we go to the back, and Adam Cole and MJF, they arrive in separate vehicles. Love this. And MJF (laughs) says, hey, pal. Hey, we're going to be tag <laughs> yeah, champs. Right. So if we're going to do that, like we better become friends. So let's hang out tonight. And I even got a shirt and it's I'm better than you, baby. You can buy it at Pro Wrestling I like that shirt, by the way. It's great. Along with the Spanish announcement. Yes. Shirt. You're yes. going to get that shirt. Buy both. Uh, Same cart. Yeah. And MJF says, hey, Adam, why don't you jump in my SUV? We go hit the town. No one wants to come here and watch a pro wrestling show. This town sucks. Let's get yeah. out of here. And Adam Cole surprisingly says, all right, got to say hi to some people. Cause I just got here. Let me say hi to him. And then I'll meet you back here. And so interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is fun. I like MJF does this so well. They're like, what's up guy. <laughs> like that whole thing. So great. And we get more of that also later in the show that we'll talk about. But I liked this segment. I didn't for once believe, you know, that Adam Cole is like, maybe I do like this guy, right? So I think that was hanging over it, right? I think we all know Adam Cole's like, fuck this guy, right? So there is that layer to it. So I don't think it was like a hook, line, and sinker kind of thing, obviously. But um, I do like where this is going because it is kind of the unknown, right? Like, where are we going with this? Do we get the like uh, 
was it Christian and, and Chris Jericho that were like, we hate each other. And then all of a sudden it was like, no, we don't. We're attacked. He like just randomly out of nowhere. Was that the, was that the, I'm trying well, to think I mean, of something like that. Right. Plenty of people have done it. Seamus and Cesaro did it. Remember True they that? started the bar yep. after their right. best of seven. Um, yeah. I don't know where this is going to go. And again, one of the tropes is can they coexist? And if you're kind of looking big, oh, it was picture, the Trish Stratus thing. That's where the Christian and, and Chris Jericho sticks out. Sorry to interrupt. Uh, because it was quick like that. It wasn't like the slow build with the Cesaro and Sheamus. It was like they were fighting over her, and then she like caught them talking shit where it was like a bet over which one could bag her first, right? And then well, we were yeah. like, what? They're actually friends? Yeah. Well, no, that led to a match, and then that's led to Trish Stratus's heel turn. Oh, correct, right. Yeah, 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 right, right, ah, right, right. It. So, yeah, it didn't even stick. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. So, again, if you're looking high level – at AEW storytelling, the thing that kind of sticks out like a sore thumb, which don't think about it too hard. MJF just did this with Sammy Guevara. Remember that? Hey, Sammy, like everything's cool. Everything's awesome. Yeah, he and, was that uh, way. That's true. Yep. So yep. we'll see. Anyhow. Uh, let's move it on. Let's move it on here. Backstage, we go back to that Eddie Kingston, John Moxley beef, and they're face to face, and they're just kind of going back and forth. Eddie Kingston's still blaming him for being friends with Claudio. Moxley says, "Hey, let go of the Chikara bullshit. That was bad. Fuck There's off." Two decades ago, you dick. Come He's on. like, "I'll never, I'll never let go of it. Just like these jean shorts, I'm never letting them go." You know, uh, but. Out of the right field or left field, whatever baseball reference you want, Renee Paquette, who's standing in between them, says, This is bull. I'm paraphrasing, but look, this is bullshit. Eddie, you need to fix this. Why does Eddie need to fix this? That's the unique part of that, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the detail that I want you to keep in your mind as we go on with the show. And there's a moment. That I want you to consider what she okay. said. Well, what it happened. did stick out to me because even Eddie was kind of like, the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? He was like, talk to your fucking husband, right? Like, he yeah. was kind of like, the fuck are you? Me? Um, mm-hmm. And I do like that Cesaro the whole time there, still locked eyes, but doesn't say shit, doesn't do anything. He's just kind of laughing the whole time, right? He's just kind of like, this guy won't let it go. How many times are going to kick his ass? <laughs> like, what the fuck? <laughs> But it makes you, at least for me, it makes you believe Eddie more. Oh, but it also makes you want Eddie to get this too because fuck that, right? If you were that yeah. mad at somebody and they're just like, <laughs> dork, right? You're going to yeah. be like, oh, I'm fucking show you dork. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I can't even. Yeah. Oh, it's so great. But yes, that unique detail stuck out to me because first of all, Renee Paquette has been nothing but the backstage interviewer. They haven't not said she's John Moxley's. But right down thing. the middle. But it's all been right down the middle, right? Yeah, they. I think it's known. Even they might have even said it on camera that she's married. But like they didn't. They never like played into that at all. Here she's having an argument with him live, right? She's like, "Fuck mm-hmm. are you doing?" Right? Like mm-hmm. again, paraphrasing. Like Jesus fucking Christ trying to do a job here, and you're being a jackass, right? Like she's getting into him, but then yeah, switches it up on Eddie at that yeah. last moment and says you fix this and that's what really stuck out to me because i'm like how is he supposed to fix it his answer to fixing it is fucking stop hanging out with him mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I mean, even go back to when Renee was interviewing Hangman, when Hangman and John Moxley were going through their feud, she was still playing it right down the middle. Obviously, was conflicted having to interview Hangman, but then Moxley's hurt and all of that. So, interesting to yeah. see there. Shout out to Jeffrey Sills here in the chat again. He says, Renee showed her acting chops, and yeah, it was believable. She was pissed. Maybe it wasn't acting. Yeah, maybe. We'll yeah, she was like, how many times are you going to fucking bleed again? God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> So we get back into the ring here and we get a six man tag. It's Orange Cassidy, Vikingo, Keith Lee versus Daddy Magic. Yeah. This was a who's left backstage match, right? Well, it was Daniel Garcia, <laughs> Matt Menard, and Angela yeah. Parker. Right. Now, I want to point out so essentially, this was really more of a showcase that says, hey, Keith Lee's fucking cool. Remember that? Yeah. We shaved him and is. dyed his hair again. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. Fucking awesome, right? Yeah. I will say, going back to Forbidden Door, this was another moment that I loved. That the way Daniel Garcia hulks up is this fucking <laughs> dance bullshit. Yeah, is the so best thing good. for him. Yeah, yeah. yes. So he hulks up during this match and gets hit and does it in the pay-per-view. He gets hit by, I believe, Orange Cassidy and Shibata, or was it Zack Saber Jr.? One of the combination of the three. And he's like, nope, I'm still dancing. Then the other one hits him. Nope, I'm still dancing. And then he finally gets taken out. And this, he does the dancing. And I think it was Keith Lee that took him out. But that little detail, he even did it on the back yeah. of Keith Lee. Yeah. When Keith Lee was on all fours, yeah. keep doing that, Garcia. Oh, you yeah. are a sports entertainer. Yeah. Jeffrey Seal says, I love that dance. He also said, I like how Orange Cassidy recruited his team. And this is fun, right? So he's backstage. And they're like, you got to six-man tag or whatever and he's like all right cool i guess we'll go there and like no you need who's your partner he's like what and he's just like hey you want to go <laughs> and to the first guy he sees and it's keith lee and keith lee's like all right well nobody else is fucking man enough, right like or whatever he says right yeah. everybody else is a bitch let's do this and then they're, he's like all right and they're like hey hey you need a third guy and he's like what the fuck shit right like just kind of looking around he's like he looks at vikingo and i think he just gives him the thumbs up right and he was like yeah man, fuck it. <laughs> you know what i mean like fuck it let's do this so that's fun right again that's a that's an attempt at telling me again how these folks got into the match and why I should care, right? Like, yeah. well, yeah, definitely. Even because if you consider if you didn't see that segment, I would be saying on this podcast tonight, does Orange Cassidy not like the best friends anymore? Right? Why is he hanging out with Vikingo and and yeah, he's got two best friends. You know what I mean? So what the fuck? Uh, so yeah, it was a good segment to explain the match. I like that. But again, it was more so more so to say Keith Lee's fucking cool. Let's not forget that. And yeah. again, I think he is my conspiracy theory. Have I told you that uh, about Keith Lee? No, we, we need some like reckless speculation, like music under this. When I say all my bullshit. Yeah. But this is my reckless speculation reckless about speculation. Keith Lee. So right. here it is. Uh, I think, unfortunately, Keith Lee is still suffering from long-term effects of having COVID. If you recall when he was yep. in WWE, he had he COVID. Long COVID. Right. Yeah, and it was kind of fucking with him. And so I think even though he's Keith fucking Lee and he should be world champion sooner rather than later, I don't know if he can do one-on-one -on -one matches to that level. And so that's why I think we keep seeing him with Swerve or in these six-man tags because I don't know if one-on-one, -on -one, if it's not just me throwing the fucker for two minutes, I can do it. That that's is my conspiracy. That theory. is reckless conspiracy. speculation. Reckless speculation. However, that would fit what we're seeing and that would suck. Mm -hmm. Man, that would really mm -hmm. suck if that's what he's yep. suffering through. And, and um, yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe we'll find out in the future. But for now, 
We'll put that disclaimer reckless there. Reckless speculation. Take lessons yeah. from the Pat McAfee show here. This is reckless speculation. Reckless speculation. Right. Just dumb thoughts in this. Very you know, dumb. Yeah, in this cookie dough brain yeah, up here, just right. fucking hanging out. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's move on. Earlier in the night, we're showed that Hangman and Young Bucks say, we've got an open challenge. And the Dark Order show up and like, what's up? And Matt Jackson was like, yeah, yeah. Hey, what's up, man? You guys got into the shot. Hey, let's do that again. And the Dark Order is like, no, no, no. We're answering that open challenge. And Hangman is like, what? why? 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 Yeah, why would you do that? Why? Why are we doing this? And the Dark Order is like, you don't return our calls. You don't hang out. We were yeah, there. It's insulting that you're asking why. Yeah. We were there when they were calling you a drunk. At your lowest, he said. We yeah, were there for you, man. We were friends. I would have said that. I would have said, said were. I would yeah, I would have said that. I was like, we were there when those two that you're standing next to called you a drunk. We were there, right? Yeah. And hey man, it's a goddamn it guy fine. Ugh. Okay. But like uh. and the Dark Order says, tonight we're not friends, we're opponents. So before we get to the match, we go backstage and Chris Jericho. Let's talk about this for a second. Chris Jericho said tonight, Sting, you're not getting Chris Jericho. You're getting the pain maker. Mm. And someone fucking needs to tell Chris Jericho that that is not as cool as he thinks it is. And the other thing is, every time I've seen it, you lose, which, spoiler <laughs> alert, but you lose. Yeah. So I yeah. fucking stared a pain maker. It's so dumb. It is so and it just, dumb. It really, yeah, it looks odd now. I just, yeah, I've never got behind it, but again, you know, we don't watch stuff in Japan, right? So, well, so you know, credit, I'm not there to see the history. Credit to, credit to longtime uh, contributor, Kata, who filled me in on, it was a play on when Jericho was feuding with Okada, who was the Rainmaker, he was then oh, the yeah. Painmaker. Oh, yeah. No, I know the history behind, like, how he I became didn't. the Painmaker. I did But, like. But it just, then it doesn't continue. Then yeah. come up with another name, because Painmaker goes with Rainmaker. Yeah. Painmaker doesn't go with Sting. And it's also just lame. Anyhow. Let's keep it moving. We go back into the ring, and here it is. The match that was just a goddamn gut punch. Just. Right in my feels. Dark Order, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, take on the Young Bucks and Hangman Adam Page. And before we kind of go into the details, this man, what did you think of the whole boom boom boom? It was a fun one, wasn't it? Was it was a ring a bang bang bang, right? Like it was all over the goddamn place. And AW is good with that, specifically when we get Darby Allen in a in a match of this nature. So uh, it delivered in that regard. Yeah, and the interesting thing about the whole match were was that the Young Bucks were like, yeah, we'll kick these fucking guys' heads in all goddamn night. We do not give a shit. And Hangman was like, God, but then just don't but include guys. me. Yeah. <laughs> but like, just don't include me. Yeah. And Evil Uno specifically, but I think John Silver and also Alex Reynolds hit him as well. But Evil Uno's first action when tagged in was kicking Hangman yeah, right in the hangman. face. Yep. Yeah, boom, he's standing on the apron. Fuck that motherfucker. 
uh, like it was a video game and you had to get the three count and the, you got to get the tag partner out of there. Um, going after Hangman, going after Hangman. And finally, Hangman says, well, I've had enough. This is some bullshit that I'm tired of. The thing I thought was interesting, though, is uh, the Dark Order said, yeah, okay, and watch this. Here's a suplex to you. Here's a kick to your face. Here's a body slam. All the And, like, Hangman was getting his ass kicked. Got crucified. So, what about, Whatever yeah. fucking uh, Johnny Huggies move was there. The, yeah. Ha-da! That move. Yeah, the old <sighs> ring him a roll. Uh, um, now, also, that was interesting, is once Hangman, and again, the Young Bucks were already there, but once they pulled the trigger on fuck these guys, they did the BTE into the buckshot. Like, it was like a it was like a mortal combat yeah. fatality. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, God damn. And so that was interesting as well. What'd you think? Uh, yeah. Again, a lot of action here. Um, and a lot of storytelling within some storytelling here, right? Like we got mm-hmm. a lot of this and, and I was really interested. And of course, I mean, you know, what comes next is really, yeah, the, yeah. so yeah. So the young bucks and, uh, hangman went immediately. Hangman though goes to, I believe they pinned John Silver goes and just is apologizing his yeah. heart out just i'm so sorry why i'm so sorry i kicked your ass yeah yeah you made me do it but i didn't want to do it all that stuff yeah Not three yeah. seconds into that this apology. is what abuse this is what people with abusive addictions do to their friends right you made me you made me do this right why did you make me but in, in hangman's case they did make him <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah let's get into this a little bit because okay so in this dispute, Dark Order Hangman, yeah, what, what? Where do you lie? Let's go into this a little bit. Where do you lie in the well, Dark Order? It hangman? gets even worse because of what happens, and I guess we'll get into that a little more. But like, at least leading up to here, seeing how Dark Order did this, like, I, we are Hangman shit, right? And we want um, them all to be friends. But like, I get it. Like in real life, if I was the Dark Orders, I'd be like, we're not fucking good enough, man. You were mm-hmm. friends with us when nobody else wanted to befriend you, but now that others do, we're just like, so we're B-plus friends? Like, we're the fallback friends? Like, that's not how we treated you, and that's not how we want to be treated. So fuck you, man. Like, and I get it. Like, I get that, right? Counterpoint. The hangman perspective, in my opinion, is, hey, Dark Order, yes, you were there when it was my lowest, and I appreciate that beyond the moon and anytime you need me i'll be there but let's not forget i said no when you wanted me to join the dark order i said no when you were trying to be uh, make me the leader of this group and i was reluctant to do that when i came back you saw i started going with the friends that i reconciled with when we started this whole aew thing it was the three of us, including Kenny, let's say four of us. It was us. I love these guys. It feels like, if I was being honest, it feels like Hangman has best friends, which are the elite, yeah, and work friends, which is the dark order. And it's like when you go out clubbing, for example, with your friends, and you're like, hell yeah, and you run into someone from work, you go dude yeah and you probably told that person secrets all day like i can't believe what i'm going through at home and all this stuff and works hard and all this stuff you've shared more intimate details with that person they're probably your, your actual parents. friends right <laughs> yeah exactly yeah but when you go out it's hey yo, we're leaving actually so man see ya yeah, see ya and yeah. i think that's what it is i almost treat it more though like it was 
it's more like the hangman was in a relationship that ended. Dark Order was the rebound relationship. That relationship mm-hmm. ended on good terms, right? We just determined we're different, we're going different ways, we're fine. But now they've seen him reconcile with the old one that broke up, and they're like, oh, so I just wasn't good enough? And he's like, no, it was never about you. We ended on good terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. but like that, so that has nothing to do with this over here, right? So I do see both of those sides, right? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like if if you have, I always equate this, how I felt about this was how I equate work friends. I have some work friends that know more details about me than my wife does, right? Yeah, then probably I do. But then when I got a new job, I ain't calling them motherfucker. <laughs> like, Sorry. Sorry, friend who may be watching now. <laughs> if you quit and go somewhere else, like we might not ever talk again. <laughs> yeah. And there are people like that. I can yeah. think of a handful of people at that last company I was at before of the company oh, I'm at I've now. had so many best friends yeah. that I've never talked to the moment one of us got a different job. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think this is. Yeah. So I, I see both sides. I see both sides. But after Yeah, the there's match, there's friends of convenience, and then there's, like, friends that you seek out. And I think that's what he's yes. telling them is, like, hey, man, we were great friends of convenience. We filled a role for each other at a mm-hmm. moment that both needed that role filled. I don't need him. the role filled anymore. Mm-hmm. I apologize. I thought you didn't either, but I apologize if you do, but I can't be the one to fill it. Hangman, fucking quote that right there. That will get you out of all of this. But maybe not, because after the match, as Hangman is apologizing. It's like I had that line practiced, right? Like, listen, listen, yeah. listen. <laughs> you're great. <laughs> it's not you. <laughs> so wait a minute. So wait a minute. The, the talk you wanted to have after the podcast? What the fuck? You wanted. You said you got to talk after. No, you're great, Tom. Yeah, you're okay. great. Yeah, you're great. 12, coming yeah. up on twelve years, mm-hmm. and here we go. Now you're yeah. gonna give me the top. But the sponsors have said. <laughs> yeah, they all those sponsors. Yeah. They think. <laughs> oh man, remember they, Heel Ziggler? They Anyhow, just think, they just think a producer role would would help for you. Yeah, the oh yeah. Heel Ziggler. Yeah. There's a good nugget. If you go back and look. For a live interview celebration with Heel Ziggler, don't <laughs> you will hear some of the most bewildering oh, don't. conversations don't. ever happen. It's the oh god that night I still have nightmares about. Anyhow, as we're getting to the Dark Order, come out or the Dark Order being apologized to. I don't think I've ever heard from that guy again. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Uh, but then here comes the Blackpool Combat Club. Let's get to it. So the Blackpool Combat Club, they hit the ring with Takeshita, which they again made note of is that they're not together. It's Blackpool Combat Club and then Takeshita. I just can't. You remember the guy finally passed out at some point drunk and was like head on his hands on the table for a solid 35 minutes and then mm-hmm. jumps up and starts talking back into the microphone. <laughs> And just yeah, in the middle of a conversation that was I don't even know how he got home because we didn't take him home. He slept in the theme in his car that night out in the parking lot of the radio station. Good for him. Good for him. Okay, so the Dark Order come out. They beat up uh, the Elite with Takeshita again because that's another point. Is they're mm-hmm. not saying that this is Blackpool Combat Club. This is Blackpool Combat Club with Takeshita and Don Callis. Still interesting to see that relationship, but. They're beating up the elite. So here comes Eddie Kingston 
And Eddie Kingston's like, nope, I'm fighting Claudio. This is my chance. Here it comes. And he goes and he attacks Claudio. But Yuta and Claudio get the upper hand. And this is the point I wanted to bring up from the pin I told you to put in with what Renee said earlier. John Moxley turns his back as I believe Claudio is like sitting on uh, Eddie's throat and Yuta has him in an armbar. I forget how, what the situation was, but they were beating the shit out of Eddie Kingston and John Moxley doesn't stop it. Like Eddie Kingston did at the pay-per-view where he jumped in front of the super kicks from the young bucks. John Moxley just turns his back, looks out to the crowd, has his hands on the apron. So that's where again, I go back to Renee's comment and maybe she's setting up Eddie. Maybe she knows, hey, Eddie's crossed the line that we don't fucking think he can come back from. It's time to beat the fuck out of this person. So, hey, Eddie, you fix it. But like, yeah, maybe she's BCC. Uh-huh. Maybe she's not down the line anymore. <sighs> who's in this BCC match? What is it? It's supposed to be Blackpool Combat Club and what? Like, who's? announced for this. so yeah so after they beat the shit out of everyone john moxley gets out uh on the microphone and he says challenge blood and guts july 19th in boston we need to end this yeah so here's the interesting caveat as you mentioned at the pay-per-view forbidden door legitimately brian danielson broke his forearm yeah. he ain't wrestling july 19th mm-hmm. so i don't know what we're doing they've only done one of these matches two of these no they've only done no two of them they they've two done of them. two of them yeah and it's always been five on five five on five i don't know if that means has to be five on five or it can be four on four well yeah the nature of the blackpool combat club is they're a four-man group right but well, now well, they're Tekeshita, three. Oh, to cash yeah. made them five right yeah so that made them five and who but... was on the other side right we don't know oh so it was kenny yep oh right hangman the bucks so that was four, and then it was going to be uh, We Eddie. assume it's going to be Eddie. Right. What if, because Danielson is hurt, she meant fix this, meaning Kingston needs to help the Blackpool Combat Club yeah. against mm-hmm. the elite and whomever they get on their side. So now we yeah. can still keep it at... I think we can still keep it at five if you did that, but then we need two people to help the elite, right? Or, well, no, we need well, three. One more. We need one more because we have Kenny. I think you just solved it. Mm-hmm. I think you solved their fucking problem. Motherfucker. Great job. Okay. Dude. All right. Yeah, Tony Khan, we're available for hire. You don't know that you fixed it, though, do you? <laughs> no, but yeah, tell me what you're. Yeah. Oh, my God. You fixed <laughs> right. it. Run it down. Dude, Let's go. It. Tell okay. me how I fix it because I am a genius. Sometimes yes. I don't realize it. Before we get into that, I want to say, Jeffrey Sills, this popped me also. Claudio double-stomped Eddie Kingston while he was, like, sliding into the ring. If you caught that? Like, he's rolling in. And I don't know that Kingston knew that spot was coming. <laughs> he just fucking double-stomped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, how did I fix it? So you fixed it because, let's say Eddie sides with the devil. Right, I'm going to fix mind. it. Right. I'm, right. I'm with you, Mox. If this is what you say we got to do, I'll, I'll do it. I'll side with I'll but meanwhile, he's like again. Wardlow, Hager, they're still locked on eyes each other, right? Yeah. Or maybe he just buys in. He's like, finally, I'll bury the hatchet, me and Claudio. 
we're good. Yeah, it burns his hand they, to shake his hand, but we got it. Whatever, we'll do it. They did that at last year's uh, Blood and Guts. Claudio took the uh, shine away from Eddie when Eddie was going to get the tap out, but then uh, Claudio yep. did with the, his thing. So they've done it once. So Eddie says, fuck this shit, I'm BCC, right? Ibushi is the fifth for the elite. God right. damn it, that's what I was going to say. And yep. then you get the four, and then Kenny says, well, I got someone. Because remember, I went to Japan or not yep. Canada to find the the uh, resolution, yep. and then it's Abushi. Yeah, so there you go. Kingston takes Danielson's spot, mm-hmm. and there we go. Yeah, because Eddie fixed oh. this. Dude, I hope maybe they, they turn on him afterwards. Turn. Even right, so like he helps them. They win. They beat the elite, and then Kingston's like, they're like, whatever. And Claudio fucks him up anyway. And Moxie's like, all right, we'll beat his ass. Mm-mm. You got something different in mind. Right. Do it. Here, here's my pin. Okay. Oh. oh, you froze on me. Here you go. Yep. I think we're okay, there now. you go. Uh, all right. Yep. So here's how you do it. I don't know the dates. So let's just say in two weeks. I don't know fucking dates. Yeah. July 19th is tomorrow. Or Close tomorrow, enough. I fucking up. Yeah. Yep. Reckless um, speculation. <laughs> yeah. I don't fucking dates. Time is a construct. Um, what you do is you have... The dark, or you have, excuse me, you have the Blackpool Combat Club in the ring, and they're like, "Blood and guts, do you accept? Do you accept?" Young Bucks come out, and they say, "Oh, you guys think you're so tough and all that? Well, we got to consider who we're gonna get on this team." And Eddie Kingston comes out, and he's like, "Yeah, motherfuckers, you know, we did well. We won last time with me, so I got the fucking spot." Young Bucks are like, "Yeah." And then they take a step towards the Blackpool Combat Club. Eddie doesn't. And they're like, yeah, so we got all our five. And one of them turns around, hopefully Matt Jackson, because I like him the least of the two. And Eddie Kingston does the spinning back fist to Matt Jackson. That's how he joins the Blackpool Combat Club. Now we get to blood and guts. And we're going through and we're going through. And you create a spot where Claudio is in peril. And he needs that savior. And what would be cool is if Eddie Kingston just gave him a middle finger, but he would have to do something physical. But then he's like, I'm not on your side. Yeah, I can't and do that. fucks over Claudio. Blackpool Combat Club loses. He still says, fuck the elite. Like, I yeah, still don't fuck like you guys. guys. Yeah. But I got it over. But I dislike Claudio. him more. <laughs> right. Yeah. But like, I got it. I, I finally got that one over him. It's buried. To him, it is buried because yeah. I did get you. And then he leaves. Yeah. I like that. And that's more true to the Eddie Kingston character. And that's going to be, again, what we like about it. We're going to be like, ah, yeah. Because Eddie Kingston still has always been, I'm like, he's got bros, but like, like I don't need you. Right. Like, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do this myself. And yeah. And then you know what you do? Eddie Kingston, MJF. God damn it. If I don't get that by the end of the year, I'm going to be fucking pissed. You got to get Eddie in shape. Handle it. You got to get Eddie in shape. Look, he's or looking not. like a pair. No, uh, we already like did pair. that angle with Eddie Kingston, though, so I don't know that we want to just turn MJF loose on that because somebody already rode him about being fat, right? Who did that? Somebody. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, Sammy did legitimately, and they got into a real fist fight. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm yeah. saying, like, to make a real match one-on-one, he needs to get in better shape. But um, that's what you do. So we'll see. All right. Let's keep it moving back into last night's dynamite. Hmm. Then after the match, uh, we get a fighter pilot coming out and he's talking shit. Jungle boy walks out. Let's hide from that 70s show. (laughs) Look like God. Minus the rape. 
did oh the real person i was like did the character uh, no um, no the real yeah. Say, yeah 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 i was gonna say more so he looked like a backup for top gun but um jungle boy walks out and first off <laughs> just tries his hardest god bless him he's not i didn't hate yet. it though yeah yeah but you could tell the lines that he probably wasn't comfortable saying that Christian gave to him. And he was like, fine, then I'll say it. I'm banging the baddest bitch here. Such a great line too, man. Yeah. But you're right. Christian wrote all of this for him. Didn't he? Yeah. Maybe line, but I'm bad. I'm banging the baddest. He delivered well enough. I feel like it was better than I was expecting. So I want to give him that credit, right? Like he performed better. I think the sunglasses were there to not show his nervousness and his like reading the cue cards in his head, if you will, but it worked. Yeah. Yeah. Because the the only criticism that I legitimately will give him, and this has kind of been always his criticism, but specifically last night, although the running did get me, that did get me over on him being a heel, but it was the I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something, bitch. Yeah. It, it's yeah. it's the. Yeah. You can tell he practiced it a lot, right? It was, yes. it was leading up to the yeah. word and okay. It was yeah. a step above the Sasha Banks remembering oh, of yeah. the lines that I am supposed to say right now. Well, it was a step above been, that. Yeah. And she, yeah. She's been doing that since 2014. So. Um, but Hook comes out and he's like, you motherfucker, I'm beating your ass. Runs out, glides in like a fucking, he's a G. like a, oh he's my, a it was the coolest gliding. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like the three coolest glides in the world is Titus O'Neil <laughs> under the, well, <laughs> legitimately <laughs> the three greatest glides is number three hook. Coming in, okay, to get Jungle Boy. Yep. Number two, Trey Turner slide into home. If you mm. don't know who Trey Turner yeah, is, look him up. That. It's the greatest yeah. slide you'll ever see. And then number one, easily The Rock sliding into the people's elbow. I think it was on yeah. British Bull. I'm going to give it an honorable mention, and this is because it happened. It wasn't in a cool spot, and so it can't be up there on the greatest list. But Evan Bourne, remember that guy? He one time did a like run to the ring and jumped and slid feet first under the bottom rope, like running down from the ramp and then stood up and was like, like up in somebody's face. And I was like, all right, that was impressive. <laughs> I was like, if you missed yeah. that spot, you are fucked. <laughs> like, well, yeah. I was like, I'm and, impressed. And, <laughs> and I do remember Matt Bourne because he, or Evan Bourne because he's Matt Seidel in the Ring of Honor. Right. Yes. There he right. is. He's still here. Yeah. He comes running down the ramp. Uh, like it was one of those, like everybody in, we're all going to bitch about them. I want the next number one shot or something. Yeah. And he runs and he jumps up. And almost like drop kicks and just slides feet first under the bottom rope. I was like, son of a bitch. <laughs> but yeah, it was like it was like second match after the break of you know the first mm-hmm. break of Raw. It was like just a nothing thing. I was like, why did you do that there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you should have done that during a big match. I guess so, he didn't have many Hook, big matches. I guess <laughs> unfortunately. So Hook chases Jungle Boy through the crowd. Legitimately, looks like they are sprinting. I will give them both credit. Like it looked like they were literally running, not just the wrestling oh, yeah. jog. Jungle Boy, like, he was like, oh, shit, and fled, right? Yeah. But then the nosedive into the SUV to get out of there, that was was good. Yeah. That was really good. Yeah, he was fleeing. Uh, Yeah. And Hook almost got him. Uh, The camera cut there was a little off, I'm going to, you know, on the production team again, another hindrance, but, like, it was close. It was close enough. Yeah, it was close enough. (laughs) 
so then uh, we keep it moving. Unfortunately, like we said, uh, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, could not perform because she was sick, most likely with whatever Adam Cole had. And uh, Ruby Soho beats up yep. faceless lady. Neat. Yep. Um, then we go. But she then talks shit on Toronto and DMD. Yeah, and it's basically obviously. stalls time in their story, essentially, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wait a minute. One thing I forgot. Where is it in my recap? Well, let's get to it now because it's not the order because I don't know where the fuck it went in my notes. But we go backstage and Adam Cole is with Roger yes. Strong. And MGF says, hey, generic white guy. <laughs> looking jacked yeah yeah he's like hey and then he's like you motherfucker he's like oh come on and right like i was kidding around he's like you look great by the way <laughs> and so then adam cole before mjf arrives tells roger strong like i know he's trying to pull a fast one on me so like don't worry good yeah, luck like, in your match with samoa joe you know yeah so like, like yeah i get it he's a jackass dude but i'm just leading him on yeah yeah, so they get into the SUV and go, you know, do God knows what. Say he's up probably till four definitely in the morning. Cocaine. I mean, allegedly, yeah. definitely, one hundred percent reckless speculation. Recklessly speculating that it's allegedly cocaine. Yep, there it is. Uh, maybe. Um, so then we get to our main event. It is the tornado tag team match. Darby Allen, Sting versus pain maker which did you catch that someone told them to keep saying it's I the guess, pain yeah. maker keep and saying not chris pain maker, pain maker pain maker that was jericho he probably got in there yeah. and said do it and sammy Guevara. uh this was fun yeah i had fun yeah the thing i will say about the whole night outside of the dark order blackpool combat club eddie kingston all of that fun stuff uh, last night it didn't lead to anything right so sting 64 years young jumping off shit which side note i saw a lot of people saying like i can't believe sting would do a jump like that do you motherfuckers forget he used to come out from like helicopters and like, he was suspending down from the rafters and like the one spot that i will always think is the craziest because it just has to work or else you're you've killed someone is when he comes down from the rafters, beats the NWO all up, grabs a prone Diamond Dallas Page, and then goes back up. Yeah, her hands slip. Uh, or yeah, anything. Yeah, that was an interesting spot. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't think I ever saw that. Like, they had some clip or something. Yeah, you are, you've killed a man. So, like, he's done insane things. It's just crazy that at sixty-four years old, he's still doing them. 64 oh. though and that's like 64 it's not even just doing you know what i mean like a little bit intense like he's he's doing jumps like you said where you miss where he didn't really miss here but like he was a little off and then you know it didn't jack you up it broke his tooth yeah. apparently so yeah they do that's the spot of the night right darby allen's gonna do the crazy spot onto sammy but Sting wants to pay back Sammy for the 630 that he took at the pay-per-view, which again, a 64-year-old laid on a table and took a 630 spin from a 20-year-old and right to the gut. <laughs> yeah. And then three days Why later not? did this. Yeah. Yeah. Three then he's going to go get a colonoscopy in a, in a couple of days. Yeah. 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 I mean, maybe. Um, and so then we get back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Sting gets the Scorpion Deathlock 
in Canada. <laughs> fucking Brett. <laughs> Sting created a fucking move. Uh, and gets Jericho to tap. I always, ooh, the sharpshooter. It's the Scorpion Deathlock. Way cooler name. You, well, if you little fucking pusher fucking assholes want to be all new, the detail says that the thing is here and then the, you actually call it a Hurricane Runner. No, you call it a Frankensteiner because that's what fucking Scott Steiner did. And then, ooh, it's a sharpshooter because Bret Hart, it's a fucking Scorpion Deathlock because Sting created it, you bitches. Fucking get off your ooh, Japanese Mexican wrestling so great, Bret Hart. <laughs> Give credit to the fucking people actually doing these moves, you dickheads. I hate that. <laughs> Again, that's that group thing that we all just go into. Well, if everyone's calling a Hurricane Runner, I guess I'm gonna call Hurricane Runner. Frankensteiner. Yeah. Speaking of generic white guy, fuck Bret Hart. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. God. What do you think he's doing right now? Playing darts on Goldberg's head? Just a picture of Goldberg? Playing NHL on PlayStation. Well, I fucking do that. I love that shit. <laughs> yeah. So let be friends with him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll play you, Bret Hart. Yeah. Titan T-Mac on yeah. PlayStation 5. I bet you ain't got it because you're yeah. an Xbox guy, you bitch. Yep. Um, but Things I have heard you suggest that you would be willing to do during the 10 years of the Spanish announce table that I wouldn't have expected you to say is one... I'll play you Bret Hart online in a video game. <laughs> I didn't expect yeah. to say that. Uh, you said that you would uh, go read the Bible with Shawn Michaels. I didn't expect you to say that. So there's that. Yeah. If 10 years Sean of fun. <laughs> if we get Shawn on the show, I would hold, yeah, 1 million percent. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start? Let's All right. Go so we it. have new listeners. And the, I think these guys will appreciate this story because they probably haven't heard it like some of our old listeners did. Tom and I started this show at a radio station. <laughs> And one of my other gigs on the radio station was running the board while another guy did his show, right? It was a shitty show. We don't need to get into the details of it. A shitty guy, shitty tele or shitty radio program, right? Shitty worldviews. He's running this world this show and he goes, Hey, listen, I've got a guy come calling in today. Uh, I gave him the hotline. He's going to call. He's going to be a guest. We're going to talk to him. He's like, he's doing a, um, a television show, like a hunting show. And stuff like that. So we're going to talk to him about it. And I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, yeah, he's like, he's actually, he's like, it's really weird. He was like, he was like, he's actually a former professional wrestler. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, he was like, uh, his name is Shawn Michaels. And he's literally telling me this, like through the plexiglass window. And I went up and I don't have this kind of relationship with the guy. And I went, are you shitting me? Right now? And he was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> he looks over and I was like, no, no, no. I know who Sean Michaels is. Like he's calling in here right now. And he was like, yeah. And I couldn't fucking believe it. I was like, there's no way he means wrestler Sean Michaels, but he said wrestler Sean Michaels. And here's Sean Michaels calling about his fucking, what was that show he did? He did like a fucking oh, hunting, it was a hunting fishing show. Yeah. A hunting and fishing show, which small world that show got canceled uh, around that time. Right. Before yeah. I met my wife. Uh, the other host worked with my now father-in-law. Oh, Jesus. For we real. could have had Sean Michaels on the show through that. I got, I, I, well, cause he was like, he was like, yeah, if you got any questions for him, just ask him. And I was like, well, no, I'm going to ask some questions that you don't want me to ask him on the show. I really thought about it. I was like, if I just get him to answer some of these questions, I can clip it for the show, right? Like, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? <laughs> who's your biggest influence? I did ask him a question on that, though. I did ask him, like, 
because they talked a lot. And the reason he had him on was hunting and then his newfound love for Jesus Christ, right? And so I asked Shawn Michaels, how is it dealing with that when, say, your friends from the past and your past lifestyle don't align with your new one now, right? Like, how does that go, right? And his answer was so much generic about, like, oh, you know, the friends are supportive of who I am or whatever, and they're happy that I'm on a pay, you know, that kind of thing. It was a generic thing for a generic radio program. But, um, man, I so wanted, I wanted to be like, dude, can you give me this guy's number? Like, he did, I think, give us, like, that guy's man. He gave us Shawn Michaels' manager's info, yeah. right? And that guy no sold us. Like, never responded yeah. to it. Yeah, of course, yeah. why would he? But you said, you said, uh, <laughs> Uh, it'd be cool if we had Shawn Michaels on. I was like, I'll read the Bible. Yeah, you were like, Shawn I'll Michaels just, I'll fucking read it. <laughs> I don't care. You yeah. want to talk about the Bible? Like, I'll Shawn hang out and read the Bible for an hour with him. I don't give a fuck. Let's go hang out with Shawn Michaels. Hang out with him, yeah. You yeah. were going to bum rush him. It was like a fucking, it was a, like a Cars show where it was like featuring a meet and greet with Shawn Michaels. I think you were like, let's just go fucking bum rush him and ask him. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. That's how I actually met him. It was at a thing for the hunting and fishing. It was at the hunting and fishing oh, show. Oh, that's what it was, yeah. And I was like, I'm going to meet Shawn Michaels. They're like, hey, are you interested in like uh, what this kind of bass will do with this kind of uh, fucking bait? No. I don't give two Fuck fucks no. about that. I only eat fish at Long John Silver's, bitch. Get out of here. <laughs> Like you think I'm gonna catch my own goddamn shit? I'm okay. American. If if you I can't, do it. if it don't get on the hook deep fried, I don't want it. <laughs> this is America. So, yeah. I met him there, and I didn't even—I knew of it the day of, and I had him sign the ticket, and I'll never forget it. Shawn Michaels looked at him and goes, "Couldn't have gotten anything smaller." I was like, Dude, "I didn't know you were here until two hours ago." <laughs> Uh, Jeffrey Sill says Tim just gained 10 full cool points for that story about the HBK. And I think that officially puts me at 11 cool points. Oh, I'm excited. 12. Okay. Give 12. Yeah, right. 12. Oh, because of the show. Yeah. There's an extra one for the show. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what yeah, the so other one is fun. for is for you to guess at home. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that was dynamite. Uh, we got some things cooking. Might give you a video. From both of us or solo about collision. Let's let's talk about one little thought experiment, Tom. Ooh, okay. I've seen online a lot of reckless speculation. Reckless speculation that this is leading to a sting retirement match. And that this Ooh. is leading to a sting retirement match against of all Fox, Chris Jericho. No. So let me no. I know your immediate answer is you do not want Sting's retirement match opponent to be Chris Jericho, right? I understand that. I don't need to ask you that. But I want to give you this thought experiment. What if I told you that Sting's retirement match opponent is Chris Jericho because it is also Chris Jericho's retirement ah. match? Now do you consider it? Uh, uh, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I think Sting is a man of his word. I think he will honor the retirement. Mm. I do not think Chris Jericho will. Correct. So I will be pissed when it's uh, Darby Allen's turned heel. Who's going to stop this, you know, maniac? What was the man who retired Sting? It's Chris Jericho. It's not even that. Commentary. It's that Chris Jericho will be putting on matches on the Jericho cruise for the rest of his life. Oh, and yeah. And will never really retire. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. the Terry Funk of this. Uh, new but generation. if you could guarantee me it was like, this is the final Chris Jericho wrestling match, I might be like, all right, listen, I might, I might, as long as Sting can still hang around, right? I, like, I might take that being Sting's wrestling match, last wrestling match. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I hear a lot of people, and I think uh, Jeffrey Sills even says uh, Sting versus Darby is the last match. That seems the most logical. But I don't know how you build to a story where it's both folks retire. Here's what you could say you could say, I'm oh, done. Yeah. I got one last match, and I want it to be you. And, Jer- and like Jericho's like, or maybe Jericho's trying to get a match out of Sting, right? And and it's a retirement match or whatever. And Sting's like, no. And he's like, he's like, all right, we'll put your career on the line. So it's Sting's retirement match, period. It's his last and period. Jericho, but Jericho's yeah. like, if I lose, I'll yeah. also retire. And Sting, Sting beats wins. him, right? Yeah, um, yeah. But I keep seeing that it's going to be Sting versus Darby, which makes logical sense and from a storyline perspective, seems pretty easy and compelling to do. But I kind of want it to be something more, right? I kind of want it to be. CM Punk. Mm. I kind of want it to be like someone who's like, guess what? I'm like, I'm not saying Darby Allen couldn't be the devil kind of thing. Yeah. But I don't think that the story is compelling enough once we actually get to it. Right now, if we're writing it down, I think we're all like, yep, that's cool. I think in practice, we go like, so Darby's not really hitting these promos. And like, ah. and so that's where it's like, well, and that's yeah. it. Nothing, and I, Chris Jericho doesn't do this either, but nothing about Darby and the relationship he's had with Darby can, I think, adequately well sum up the career of Sting, right? Like, there's nothing there that kind of latches on to say, so now this is where it ends, right? Like, this yeah. is the end of the road, yeah. Oh, though, if you played on Sting, oh, man. I love when the bad guy wins. It's always more interesting when the bad guy wins. Cause then I want to tune into what happens after that. And wrestling never stops. But if you could play on stings religion, his newfound faith, and you get someone who isn't CM punk, right? Something like that. And he's like, I'm the Oh, MJF. If MJF is the devil, if MJF ends stings career, that might fucking, well, that would be, be the some, best. Yes. That. Ooh. <gasps> If MJF takes out Darby for an extended period of time, right? Takes him out. That gets Sting's attention. That starts the feud, Sting and MJF. MJF is like, I'm not wrestling you, you loser. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Then Sting says to MJF, fight me. I'll put my my career on the line. And MJF's like, oh, you don't say. (laughs) And then MJF beats him. And then that's when Darby comes back. For the title, one-on-one, Darby comes to fight for Sting's, you know, whatever you want to call it, versus MJF the Devil. Well, Jeffrey Sills with some reckless speculation here in the chat says, no, Goldberg! No, you get, no, no. You mm-hmm. lost a cool point now, Jeffrey yeah, Sills. He said I lost one cool point for starting the show 45 minutes late. <laughs> so, yeah, no, all right, we're even things out now then, right? You lost no, one too. Yeah. No, you started it. You're not losing any cool points for that. I actually like that story, though. Because then you get Darby Allen as a bigger sympathetic babyface because he's got to fight for Sting. Right. Or and then MJF is yeah. the devil. Yeah, I like this because you could even make it more sympathetic where he's got to fight for Sting, he doesn't get the job done, and then that leads to the match with Sting. Sting fails, MJF ends his career, and now you know now Darby feels like shit, right? And he goes into his whole emo school shooter mode, allegedly, and, you know, yeah, from there. Yeah, that's what you I think. You ever seen that should. picture of him on, like, the that MTV oh, yeah. first day? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> whatever it was looking exactly like what you think yeah yeah Yeah. 
Jeffrey still says we're even. Yeah, we're even, man. We're all squared away. No, everything's good. We exchanged cool points back and forth. Everything is good. There you go. All right, man. This was a fun episode, I think, right? Is there anything else to really, I mean, I don't know. If I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't, it was. Don't pose it as a question. It yeah, was right, fun. Yeah, right, yeah. Hey, man. I'm, I'm not, I'm not undecided. I'm waiting on your <laughs> you to push me over either way. <laughs> Yeah, we'll end that with Jeffrey still saying Goldberg. And until next week, uh, stop with the reckless speculation. The Spanish announce table.